This is an RNZ podcast. And joining us now is Simon O'Connor, Monarchy New Zealand's spokesperson. Thank you very much for joining us here. Let's go back to where this union began, I guess, and when um, the Queen and Prince Philip met each other. Well, I'm sure you're not implying that I was around at the time. But I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those wonderful love stories. Simon O'Connor there on News Hub's 90-minute special on Saturday morning, marking the death of Prince Philip. And while he was indeed representing the outfit which campaigns to preserve New Zealand's ties to the monarchy and having a head of state in the UK, Simon O'Connor's day job is representing us. He's also the Member of Parliament for Tamaki. And he went on to tell Melissa Chan-Green that the Duke of Edinburgh's dedication to duty was respected by Kiwis, even younger ones. I don't know if you've been on social media, but particularly our young people, just post after post after post about him. So, I mean, his legacy will go on. But half an hour earlier, historian Jock Phillips had told News Hub Special the Duke's death would make little difference and he didn't expect to see the younger generation in any great numbers at any upcoming memorial service. And therein lay the dilemma for our media too this weekend, especially the broadcasters. How much fuss to make of the news for an audience that's either really sad about it or pretty ambivalent. And another hurdle was the timing of the news itself. Very late on a Friday night going into a Saturday morning when most newsrooms are not well geared up to fire up special coverage from scratch. On RNZ National, Knight's host Brian Crump broke the news like this after 11pm on Friday. Because I have some sad news for you. The Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, has died. He was 99 and had been married to the Queen since 1947, when she was still Princess Elizabeth. And for those waking up to the news on Saturday morning, there was a morning report special with Susie Ferguson from 7 till 8, after which Kim Hill kicked off her show with Victoria Arbiter from a family whose royal punditry, like the royal family itself, is intergenerational. But while News Hub pulled out all the stops with that full special from 8am, leading into more on its weekly show News Hub Nation at 930 TVNZ, whose older demographic you'd think would be keen for coverage, had nothing except for a ticker announcing his death over the advertorial shows that it usually runs for hours every Saturday morning. And also, after that, the poorly produced paid-for religious programming. The one on TVNZ1 when News Hub special kicked off on 3 was actually telling viewers to turn their backs on secular media for The Feast of Daniel, popular with Pentecostals in the United States. Let us go to this very short video, and I'll be right back. The Fast of Daniel is the abstinence from all secular information such as media, entertainment, music, and literature for 21 days with the aim of achieving something greater, the Holy Spirit. TVNZ only got a full special on air at midday on Saturday, crossing first to their London correspondent Daniel Faitawa outside in the pitch dark. Daniel, we are already seeing so many tributes the world over, but I imagine it would have been quite extraordinary being in London today. Yeah, there's been a sombre and reflective mood here, Melissa. And it might have been good to see those extraordinary things earlier when they were happening, not at 1am local time when there was nothing going on in London. The timing of the announcement, though, was even worse for the papers here, which were well past their deadlines for the weekend editions. The Weekend Herald managed to fill the front page with a full story in the late editions, but nothing more inside. And the Weekend editions of Stuff's papers, like the Press and the Dominion Post, could only manage one small story on the front page to mark the Duke's death before the papers were printed. 
Now in Australia, the time difference was much kinder for its papers, as Sydney correspondent Emma Cropper told the News Hub special. Uh, several pages of a special inside that one. Uh, and this one here, a beautiful photo on the front page of the Saturday Telegraph uh, with the headline, Good Night Prince. And in the UK, the papers had plenty of time to push the boat out. The conservative Daily Mail tabloid, for example, published what it called an historic 144-page tribute, in addition to what it called a magical souvenir magazine. But there was, of course, no shortage of stuff for our news publishers to pile onto their websites. But not all of it was what you might call a tribute, as Susie Ferguson made plain, running through other stuff in the world's press, including the UK's Independent. It has published a list of 90 of the Duke's most excruciating gaffes. Uh, I think they first published this on his 90th birthday, if I remember rightly. They did indeed recycle that nearly 10-year-old piece. And here, the Herald didn't pass up the opportunity to run it again on their site as well. But embedded in that by the Herald was a fascinating obituary for Al Jazeera, pointing out that many of those gaffes were very racist and more or less forgiven by the UK media in a way that a politician, for example, could never expect. And one of the journalists who called out that racism at the time said that the Prince wasn't averse to a bit of media criticism himself. I remember once uh, he wandered over after he'd uh, said to an Aboriginal leader, do you still throw spears at each other? And I saw him do this in Australia in 2002, and uh, the next day he came over, it made front pages all over the world, and he just wandered over and said, the trouble with you is you've got no sense of humour, the complete absence of humour. So he wasn't going to apologise. The conduct that made him the Duke of Hazard, as News Hub's London correspondent Lloyd Burr put it, was waved away by monarchy man Simon O'Connor MP on TVNZ's special on Saturday. He said some stupid things, um, some terrible things at times, but actually that's who he was. He was a straight talker, and actually when you put the gaffes alongside all the incredible things he uh, did, the gaffes are just a very, very small part of it. But for those who aren't fans of the royal family, media reporting that stuff down the years was far more damaging to its reputation than those who are royal family fans tend to believe. And that was a point TVNZ sportscaster Andrew Savile made, just in passing, on News Talk ZB's Saturday morning with Jack Tame show. Although in the latter years he did become sort of like the wonky old great uncle on Christmas Day, didn't he? Well, look, to be perfectly honest, I think there were a lot of people who would have found... um some of his uh, some of his comments over the years quite refreshing. <laughs> refreshing is possibly not the word Jack Tame was really looking for, but he did add an important bit of context straight after that. The man who's been labelled out of touch and now out of time was for decades under the kind of media microscope that would make very few people look good. If I was um, filmed and recorded everywhere I went, as everyone in that yes. family is, I would probably get myself yeah, into trouble yeah. fairly regularly yes. as well. So... Uh, Especially if you make it into your 90s. Yeah, yeah.